When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. It's 1994. Yeah. I'm walking up this plank uh, looking thing, like dock entry area to like a Cape Cod style building. Okay. I open a door made of a wooden sword. Okay. Okay. I'm going to grab a pirate ship wheel that 432 other kids had grabbed that day that hadn't been disinfected. And then I'm going to order at this restaurant what? and I'm going to sit down in a wooden bench shaped like a nautical flag. Okay. And then I'm going to exit and ring the bell saying I had a great experience okay. because I'm at Long John Silver's. And you know what I'm going to get there? I do not. Fish. Okay. <laughs> you know what says mid 90s for Jay early mid- Long John Silver's. And Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay, all right, whatever. It's, I had a couple of different fantastics to get there. And, you know, I was thinking fish, fish, fish. And, and, I, and I went Long John Silver's, and I wanted to – you remember when Long John's used to look like that? Yeah, oh, Cape absolutely. Cod building, walking up the pl- – ropes. Yeah, you use ropes, the ropes, the big the fat big ropes. The big fat ropes. Yeah. You open the wooden sword door. Yeah. You touch the wheel that everybody's touched. <laughs> you order your fish. You sit down on the wooden bench shaped oh, like a man. nautical flag. You eat your fish, and then you ring the bell when you leave. I, I was like, what are you talking Where about? Where am I going? So I had to do these Fantastics. and uh, They've gotten more and more elaborate that over one, the years. That one went a bit. I had, I had one. But, okay, if this is like Choose Your Own Adventure, then we'll go number two. Rob, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I, I told my wife who we were covering this week, and I was like, Hootie and the Blowfish. And she's talking to her sister, and they're like, oh, yeah, from the TV show Friends. And I'm like, What? what? And there's an episode where Ross, Monica, and Chandler have money to go to this show, but Joey, Rachel, and Phoebe don't, and it's a Hootie and the Blowfish show. And that's how oh. my wife's sister was like, oh, yeah, from the Friends show. No And I'm kidding. like, are you kidding me? And then I thought, what is more mid-90s yeah. than Friends, Friends yeah. and Hootie and the Blowfish? Absolutely. Rob, tell them what song we're covering. Man, I got is- one more fantastic. <laughs> I got one more. Okay. Do you really? What do you call? <laughs> what does a sea monster eat? I don't know. Fish and ships. Okay. <laughs> no, anyway. Okay. Kick it to the song we're doing. I'm, I'm out. I'm tapped. This I could- is Only Want to Be With You by Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> oh my gosh. Baby, call 
So that was the uh, Only Want to Be With You. That's the first chorus where he doesn't actually say Only Want to Be With You. He says, I've been looking for a girl like you. But we know what's coming. We know. We all know. So we're not going to play the, the rest of the we're song. We're going to put on a little yet. Dylan. We're going to put on a little Dylan and sit by a fence. Uh, from the 1994 album Cracked Rear View. And it's written by Hootie and the Blowfish. That is Darius Rucker, Mark Bryan, Dean Felber, and Jim Sony Sonnefeld, who we're going to be speaking with later. Oh, my goodness, um, guys. And, uh, and an assist from Bob Dylan. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But, uh, yeah, stick around. Uh, at the end of the episode, we're going to be talking to new friend of the show. Like What a great guy. Like, we get to talk to a lot of people now, but some of them just connect with us and they become like, you know, like friends. legit friends of the show. I'm wearing so, a shirt that says Hootie and the Blowfish, given yeah. to me by our friend Jim. Yeah. So, like, it's it's awesome. So, you guys are going to love him. He's great. He, fit, he fits right in with us. If you like us, you're going to love Sony. He's, he's great. Um, a few listening notes from me. Uh, on this before we well let's hit, let's hit some charts and awards first how about that uh this song went to number six on the billboard hot 100 number one on the billboard mainstream top 40 number three in the billboard uh, adult contemporary or ac chart number two on the mainstream rock tracks chart and number one in canada number one in your hearts number one in your programs this is one of the most beloved songs of the 90s most singable uh hooks of any song in my lifetime, who doesn't love to just sit around and go, oh, I want to be right here. We're going to, if we haven't already done it, we're doing a contest for Prize of Unspeakable Value. Absolutely. With we that should. right there. It's who's gonna, got the best who Darius? Can do it. It's going to happen. So yeah. if we haven't done it already and given it away, it's coming. Yeah. Who's got the best Darius? That's fantastic. Um, so, um, yeah, here's one thing that really strikes me about this song uh, it's in G flat. Oh, okay. Why? Tune down half step, probably. It's no open G. It, it's or are just, they just playing an E on in e Capo on Two? Capo Two, yeah. Okay. Capo's galore in the video. <laughs> sure. Capo video of the century. <laughs> uh, even on the electric, Mark's playing a you know because he's got the sweet little guitar solo where he's pulling off to the open, open? strings. Okay, that makes he's, sense. He's Capoed Capo on the two? second fret okay. playing an E, but it's that um, that opening sort of uh, riff. Actually, you've got your guitar next to you. Can I borrow that yeah. for a second? Hang on just a second. Yeah, so I, I think it's uh, you get this nice little um, this guitar thing that they wanted to be able to play this little riff. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, That's me doing my best to play with my finger instead of a pick. But um, I should have handed you this great song podcast pick. Oh man, we just had these picks made. What a waste. Uh, anyway, but that's a that's a move that you can really only do. Uh, it, with that sound when you're playing in an E position. And so um, I think that was part of it. And then also, you know, vocal range always, uh, not range, but where you, where the, where you want the melody to sit best with your voice, you know, always plays a factor. So, uh, so yeah, we're actually in, playing with our hands like we're in E, but it's really in G flat or F sharp, um, you know, depending on how you want to Think about that. Um, Capos galore. So, um, yeah, lots of Bob Dylan in this song, uh, and we'll get there. Um, but there's also quite a bit of another Dylan, and that would be a band called Dylan Fence. Uh, and if that name sounds familiar in this context, it's probably because of the lyric line, put on a little Dylan sitting on a fence, uh, that uh, third verse, which is a reference not just to Bob Dylan, but to Dylan Fence, who were friends of Hootie and company. They toured together. They were pals. Uh, and uh, let's go one step further and close a circle on this song. According to a 2000 article in Indie Week, 
Hootie guitarist Mark Bryan told Dylan Fence, lead singer, uh, that the guitar riff of Only Want to Be With You is heavily inspired by the Dylan Fence song, Sad Inheritance. We definitely shall listen to it. All right, here's Sad Inheritance by Dylan Fence. Are you sure? I mean, (laughs) so, hey, listen. I mean, that's not something Dylan Fence is claiming, uh, but uh, Mark Bryan said... uh, well, I guess Dylan Fence's lead singer said Mark Bryan eventually told us, "Hey, that you know that riff was you know kind of a uh, inspired by you know." So there we go. So close that circle. You've got Dylan, Dylan Fence, and then the connection musically between those two songs and lyrically between the band and Bob Dylan. So this song is just a tribute to all kinds of Dylans, just Dylans everywhere. You know, Dylans all over the place. Did you know anybody named Dylan? I had a buddy named Dylan Wolf. Yeah, I've known a couple. Up. Shout out to Dylan Wolf. A computer genius. I know you're listening. Okay. All right. How about shout out Dylan Lingo? I know Dylan Lingo out there listening. Um, all right. So uh, some Bob Dylan lines. Um, th- when we get into the actual Bob Dylan portion of the song, the second verse borrows a lot of lyrics from the song Idiot Wind uh, from the Bob Dylan album Blood on the Tracks. Idiot Wind is just a great name for a <laughs> for a song, really. Uh, but it's got the it's got basically the half the verse says they say I shot a man named Gray and took his wife to Italy. She inherited a million bucks, and when she died. It came to me. I can't help it if I'm lucky, which is is fantastic lyric. I mean, you told a whole story in what six lines, yeah, five lines there, um, and then again on the last. Yeah, there's no wasted line in that. Like no. everything matters. It, it all matters. Yeah, um, and to be able to just lay it in in this song with you know with a verse and not make it feel weird is its own sort of really achievement you know that's good um and then again later in the chorus um darius says yeah i'm tangled up in blue which is a reference to the first song on blood of the tracks um um and it's so hard and i'm going to try and restrain myself it is so hard anytime i i say a line from the song i want to sing it mm-hmm. and i want to do a darius impression yeah. and i'm going to try and restrain that a little bit because i don't want to like kill everybody with that <laughs> it's just so fun his voice is so fun to do yeah. and i feel like in the 90s everybody kind of had their own version of a uh-huh. of a darius rucker you know impression that's good um and it was one of those things where like if 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 you sang um and and you had any sort of like I guess aggression is what I'm thinking of, or sort of a, a, a roundness to your voice. People go, "Oh, you sound like you sound like Hootie, dude. You sound like Hootie." <laughs> you know, um, that's another one thing. You know, one of the, the fabled things about the band is that they're they Darius is not Hootie. Darius is not Hootie, and the band is not the they're, Blowfish. They're not it's, a Blowfish. Yeah, um, and uh, we'll we'll get into that story uh, also. But um, I, I've made uh, statements before on the show, and I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, so I'm going to explain a little bit. I've made a note before about how I'm not really about this this thing of like directly quoting a beloved song to make your song seem more likable and cool, okay. right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think this song is guilty of that. Um, maybe it's because at the time I didn't really know that that was a Dylan lyric or just I don't think the song really relies on it at all. You know, this was a g- great, lovable song, you know, before that. Um, so I don't think the song relies on it for being great or hooky or enjoyable. The ultimate example of this being done flagrantly and in poor taste for me 
is uh, Kid Rock's All Summer Long, which okay. literally it's uses the chord progressions Sweet of Home Sweet Home Alabama. Alabama and Werewolves of London and directly uses the words Sweet Home Alabama right all before the yeah. hook, right? We're singing Sweet Home Alabama all summer long. That's flagrant to me. That's a party foul, and it should have never been encouraged. Um, plus, the rest of that lyric is like, we were doing funny things, and we were smoking funny things, and we were watching funny things, and we were eating funny things, and I, 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 come on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, but if, but yeah, Sweet Home Alabama, everybody Woo! loves it over yeah, that chord progression. Yeah, yeah. You, it was a, you can't, you couldn't miss with that, but it's not fair. You uh-huh, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, it's like if you're, it's like if you're hunting and you've got some really overpowered. You're hunting with a thing. grenade. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yes, yeah. hunting with, yes, exactly. Or, you know, you, you, you found whatever your, your game of choice is and you're 10 feet from it. You know what I mean? That's not fair. And that's what they did. He, he sat up. 10 feet from, uh, from Leonard Skinner and, you know, <laughs> and shot the arrow. Um, but, uh, I'm going to make the ultimate version. I've, I've set it upon myself to make the ultimate version of that borrowing from beloved songs to make a can't miss, uh, song. So here's mine. Okay. And then I'm going to see what you've got. Okay. I've, I've got one, but here's mine. My, I'm going to write a song called God gave me you and blessed the broken road that led me straight out of Compton to Jesse's girl, Jolene. <laughs> now hit me with your best shot to the heart and you're to blame it on the rain. Oh my God. You give love in an elevator a bad name by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh man. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Rob Wins, like he prepped me with that. So that's fantastic. How many are in there? Oh gosh, I didn't count them. I don't even know. God gave me you. Uh-huh. God bless the bro- broken road. Yeah. Um, straight out of Compton, Jesse's girl, Jolene, hit me with your best shot. Uh, you give love a bad name. Blame it on the rain. Uh, Loving an elevator and named by the Goo Goo Dolls. Ten. Okay, <laughs> Ten. Right. I've got one that has twenty-seven. Holy! <laughs> and they're all by Steve Miller. What? Steve Miller Band. Here we go. Here's my sentence. Okay. When wintertime seasons come, this space cowboy is going to fly like an eagle on his jet airliner, and this joker's going to Mexico across the threshold and behind the barn to baby's house for some wild mountain honey and jungle love with my one-in-a-million Quicksilver girl who'll be rocking me just a little bit like hot chili in the window while Mary Lou, Sweet Marie, and the other babes in the wood dance, 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 and give it up in Swingtown. Oh 27 Steve Miller songs. Ding, 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 ding. I'm giving myself the, the bell on that. Rob's are actually wow. hits. Steve Miller only has so many hits. Wow. So, but I got him in there. So, wintertime seasons, Jeez. space cowboy, fly like an eagle, jet airliner, Joker, going to Mexico, <laughs> threshold, behind the barn, baby's house, wild mountain honey, jungle love, <laughs> one in a million, quicksilver girl, rocking me just oh a little bit, gosh. hot chili, windows, Mary Lou, sweet Marie, other babes, oh, babes in the wood, dance, 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 give it up, swing town. Holy cow. Fantastic. Give it up. Nice. Give it up. Fun everybody. game. Fun game. Wherever you are, a standing ovation. <laughs> Even if you're in your car, if you're in your office, stand up and clap for JP right now. <laughs> Uh, a so, little fun game. Good call. Wow. So anyway, <laughs> Bob Dylan's publishing company ends up suing over this lyric. Um, Darius Rucker said that they asked permission and it was granted back when they were nobodies. But once the song blew up, all of a sudden it mattered. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, and that that seems about right to me. Uh, it was settled out of court. Now, um, wait a minute. Can make some money. Hang yeah, on. exactly. There's oh, this, this is the biggest song in the literal world. Fine. Um, yeah, no, they didn't, they didn't ask us about this. Uh, it was settled out of court and I actually found a scan of the settlement documents. This was really cool. The, the internet is crazy. Um, a verified original copy of the agreement was auctioned off by heritage auctions in 2009 for about $2,400 and it includes 
two signatures of Dylan's and one of each member of Hootie and the Blowfish. That seems pretty cheap. Right? That's what I thought. I was like, $2,400. That's wow. Um, so uh, a pretty interesting thing for someone to have, you know. Um, Heritage Auction said the terms of the settlement included a payment of $350,000 to Dylan's publishing company. And though I wasn't able to read the entire document, it reads to me like Hootie may have also given up publishing rights going forward as well, but I can't verify that. Um, that would mean that money from sales would still go to Hootie, but the publishing percentage, it's all split up various okay. ways for you know boring reasons, but the, that the publishing percentage would go to Dylan. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the way it looked like it read to me, but I'm not a lawyer either, so I don't know. Um, man, what else? Album? Yes, let's okay, talk let's, about Cracked Rear View. Yeah, let's talk about this monster album. Monster album. Uh, monster album. album. Now, we talked about going kind of track by track and just hitting, yep. but that's let's just hit on some highlights. So, first track, Hannah Jane. How many people born mid to late 90s <laughs> were named Hannah Jane? Hannah Jane. And I'm going to reference a lot of it because of the of this album. So you get I guarantee you there's so many what 20 20 25 26 year olds in south carolina True. named hannah jane oh, are you serious yeah man okay uh, man you mentioned south carolina okay we'll come back to that i got okay. a south carolina tie-in. number two hold my hand david crosby on backing vocals what yeah first single hootie released um all four members wrote and credited with it um <laughs> Uh, okay, I got it. But go. I think this this was the one that, and I think we talked to Sonny about this. This was his jam. He yeah, brought he brought "Hold My Hand" to the yep. band. Uh-huh. You don't think of the drummer being the guy that writes the breakthrough single? Sure, you know what I mean? that's but good. That's Jim. Bam. I, I heard a great misheard lyric, and oh, on do this, tell. Uh, so it, it's, I want to love you. <laughs> you know, I want to uh-huh. love you. I got to do. You got to do Darius. Yeah. <laughs> the bear said. The bear. <laughs> the bear said I can't. <laughs> the bear said I can't. I want to oh, love I you. I can't. The bear said I can't. <laughs> So I thought that was a great misheard that's lyric. So I heard funny. that one the other day. I was like, "No, guys, I don't think that's it. I don't think it's the bear said." I man, the so Darius voice is obviously a cornerstone of the the, the yeah. band's sound. You know, instantly recognizable, inimitable. I, like it's it is imitable. You can do it, but when you do it, and I mean the the general the you, when the when when other people do it, it sounds like a joke. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. When his does it, it makes to- when he does it, it makes total sense, yeah. and it's it's awesome. Um, other people but, do it. It's like why are you singing like that? Why? Yeah, yeah what's exactly. wrong? You got something in your throat. You got something. Yeah, but I tell you what, though, one thing about Darius's voice when his voice breaks up and get a little grit in it, oh, oh so good. it is pure heaven. Like he's got a wonderful voice, but then sometimes he'll just get a little aggression in there, and it's like. Like he needs to clear his throat or get a drink of water, but I hope he doesn't. Uh-huh. You know, keep that gravel in there. Just yeah, keep it in just there. keep it in there, man. Let her cry after that. Oh no, mm. major just won the Grammy Every for time. best performance by pop or vocal group. 96. That's all. No big deal. Sepia video. It's amazing. <laughs> Every time, I guarantee you, people are out there in their cars or whatever on their runs right now listening. And every time we say one of these titles, they're singing they're the hook in Darius's a- a- voice. Absolutely, dude, you're right. Oh, it's so good with that chimey, that chimey arpeggio guitar on the mm-hmm. chorus. Come on, so good. Oh, so good. Only want to be with you. We're going to cover plenty. We talked about that, or do the best we can. Yeah, running from an angel does have some violin sound, and mm-hmm. I cannot find. Who it's credited to? Who oh. plays violin on that? I've got the liner notes. I'm, let me look back through here. Real okay. Quick. Yeah. Uh, from an angel. There were five huge singles off of this album: uh, "Hold My Hand," "Let Her Cry," "Only Want to Be with You," "Time," and "Drowning." All ah, of them. Lily Hayden, violin on "Look Away" and "Running from an Angel." There you go. There we go. I just Lily went Hayden. looking in the, in the right spot. Thanks. There Lily. you go. 
Good stuff. Lily uh, Hayden. I love. I feel like. I feel like Hootie and the Blowfish is the ultimate. Like, um, and I don't mean this in a in a negative way at all. The ultimate like college band band. Oh, that's great. You know? Yeah, that's that's perfect. They're all classmates of the University of South Carolina, um, and uh, in in Columbia, and it just feels like. Um, College music for college campuses. You know what I mean? Like this, um, like Hootie and the Blowfish as a band wears, you know, polo shirts and a trucker hat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just, it's it's perfect. Not on stage, but that's uh, probably maybe, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just Darius does for absolutely sure. perfect. Um, I'm going home. Probably the hardest lyric on the album. My uh, sky rips open, and I held my heart in my hand. Come oh, on, uh, man. I'm going home. Drowning controversy around this. Drowning. There it is. Sorry, I couldn't resist. That's it. Uh, Confederate flag on top of the South Carolina State Building. So uh-huh. some controversy tied in with that song. We'll leave that for another yeah. day. It's a heavy song. You don't get it. It's 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 uh, it's singable, it's, so you don't feel the heaviness. Yes, I get but it. dig into it, and you will. Yeah, it's it's about some real stuff. Tom, contender for my favorite Hootie cool, song. Maybe. Yeah. I love this song. It's definitely my favorite word he sang. Okay, Tom. Yeah, yeah, just the one. If you said pick one word, I'm going Tom. <laughs> Just that first opening. Ah, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh man, that's, that's so word. true. His yeah, his vocal is is just incredible on that one. And it, so he goes way down low, right? Uh, you know, um, dying for the color of a rag. You know, he's down there, and then at the end of a, at the end, he gets up high in his. You know, I don't know where I'm going. You know, and it's and that's when he really gets some of that yeah. grit in there. Oh, that's it's awesome. I love it. I think that might actually be my favorite Hootie tune. Well, there you tune, go. I, I think we did this one because it's, it's it's everybody's favorite. Absolutely. It's you know it's what I mean. And if if you have another favorite Hootie song from that album, you know it's probably within five percent of this one. Absolutely. It, you know what I'm saying? It's it's like should we just do the whole album? Crash yeah, review. But exactly. It's, like, it's all it's all one one A one uh-huh, C. You know favorite favorite tracks. Uh, triple A sides. Yeah. Um, and then we got uh, look away. Not even the trees. Um, goodbye. Great song to end an album. Mm, goodbye. Yeah. I think that's a great name to end an album. Yeah, perfect. So, so that's perfect. some that's some thought in the production end. Yeah. Money money album. There. According to the uh, Recording Industry Association of America, I think that's what RIA RIAA stands for. Recording Industry Association of Sounds America. Good to me. I think that's right. Ria. Yeah. Uh, that they keep track of official sales and downloads. Um, and Business Insider, um, Cracked Rear View is the highest selling debut album of all time. Sorry, Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> um, and as of September 2020, Cracked Review is the 10th highest selling album of all time in the United States. It is 21 times platinum in the United States alone. No, no big deal. We just get to chat and hang out with the drummer of yeah. that. Uh, yeah, no big deal. Uh, you want to know the rest of that list? Of yes, course you please. Do. We um, love lists. So number 10 is Cracked Review. Number nine, this surprised me, not the artist, but the album. Okay. Garth Brooks. Okay. You want to take a guess what album it Wild is? Wild Horses. No. Uh, that First of all, that was a song on No Fences. On No Fences. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's um, the same. Let's see. I don't know. I would have guessed probably Rope in the Wind. Rope in the Wind, right? maybe, yeah. It's not. It's double live. Okay, well, His that's double kinda, live. Album. That's kind of cheating because it's got all the stuff on there. Yeah, but I, still, I wouldn't think that that would have outsold all his other albums. Mm-hmm. The double live, but that's Garth Brooks live is a whole other thing. Uh, you know, I think I prefer the studio for for Garth, but for a lot of people, the live that his you know he's okay. he is great live. But that really shocked me that that was the Garth Brooks album that's in yep. this list. Number eight is the Wall. Number seven is Led Zeppelin Four. 
Number six, Billy Joel's Greatest Hits, Volume One and Two, sure. which is almost a cheat code. Yeah, that's you awesome. know what I mean? That's I mean, what are you going to do about that? Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, number five is the White Album by the Beatles. Number four is Back in Black by ACDC. Kind of a surprise mm-hmm. to be that high on this on this list. But it's the it's the prototype of that out of that style. Like, yeah, the it's one. the one for ACDC. Mm-hmm. I just mean it, that surprises me that that album is is on this list and that is, high. Is a Queen album in there? No. Okay. Um, the next three are Hotel California, okay, and sense. then the the two that everybody knows are coming: Thriller, Thriller. and Eagles' Greatest yep. Hits. How about Eagles? Oh, excuse me. How about Eagles? We got lots of bleeps. Having two of the top three best selling albums of all time in the U.S. So they, got, I think we talked about that before because they got number one and number eight and number three. three one, oh, one and three because Hotel California yeah. and Greatest Hits. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How about that? Two of the top three. We're gonna have to cover them eventually. We'll I guess. get there. I mean, we'll get there. I gotta stop know. ignoring Joe Walsh's calls. <laughs> That's right. right he Joe. tried to meet with you a couple uh, weeks he's ago. He's doing everything he can. He's showing up in front of places I'm going, and I'm, I just need to catch up with him. Yeah. Just kidding, everybody. Joe, I know you listen every week. <laughs> yeah. We're, we'll hang, we'll hang out. Uh, um, have I told you? I know, oh, never mind. I was about to go back into an old Joe Walsh story that I know I shared. Go listen to our Joe Walsh episode. It's great and it's got lots of funny stuff in it. There we go. Um, let's. Hey, can we pause? Yeah. Let's play a game. I'm dying to play Stump okay. the Genius. Let's yeah. go, Stump the Genius. Here okay. we go. All right. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. It's time to stump the Genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right, everybody. Stump Here me. we go. We're playing Stump the Genius, one of my favorite games. So this week we're doing Name That Musician from South Carolina. Oh, so, no. No, okay, you'll wow. be fine. I'm going to name, I'm going to play a song, okay. um, a popular charting song okay. by this, and you just have to tell me who the artist is. A South Carolinian is. artist. A South Carolinian artist. Okay, all right. So if I was to play Pony Time by Chubby Checker. You would be like, wow. that's Chubby Checker. But, okay. I, but anyway, that's a, a sample. Who is number one on the Billboard All Time 600, Goodness by the way. Gracious. The okay. Twist by Chubby Checker. So I picked five. Um, I I was like, do I want to do them where he'll get them? Do I want to do them where I really try to stump him? Yeah. I kind of went down the middle on this. It's one of those things where I don't really, other than Hootie and the Blowfish, I don't identify artists at all with South Carolina. Where, where they're from. Right. It's one of those things, You know, like you go, New York City. Billy Joel, Billy Joel, you yeah. know, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but, but like, I don't think of South Carolina as a mm-hmm. place that identifies, you know, a lot of musicians. So okay. I'm interested. So this will be, if nothing else, educational. That you're like, oh, they're from, uh, yeah, they're from South Carolina. Let's all learn together. So here we go. Um, just need the mail on this because it's a duet. Did you say Joe Sneed? No, Joe Sneed. No, <laughs> just need Joe Sneed. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Here we go. What is this? You're going to know the song. Super high charter. Number one, everybody. I can show you Oh, my gosh. Is that James Ingram? That is not James Ingram. Oh, no, it's Peebo Bryson. Peebo Bryson. Bryson. Okay, he caught himself. South That's Carolina. a whole, whole new world. Little Aladdin. Wow. Peebo Bryson. Nice job. All right, he's got one. Oh, man, the bell. Hang on. <laughs> is that Peebo and and uh, who's the other vocalist on that? you girl, you're amazing. Is it? Uh, Regina Bell. Regina Bell, yeah, okay. Awesome. All okay, right. number two. Rob, one for one, coming out the gates. Oh, he's from South Carolina. South Carolina. Duncan Sheik. Duncan Let it play. Sheik. Let it play. Good job knowing that one. Oh. You may not see the end of it. Boy. Oh, man. Luckily, I'm listening to this whole album on the way home. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, you, South Carolinian. Dude, you want to get me in my feels on a gray, it's rainy day here. like oh, this? Man. Oh, my yeah, Put gosh. on some Duncan. Let's barely breathe. Here we go. Number three. Well, that is some compressed piano. 
Once the this? vocals come in, you'll know him, I think. Is this CCM? This is not CCM. Okay. You can go. You can start all over again. If you oh, that's Rob Thomas. That's Rob Thomas. Okay, that's Rob Thomas. That's it. That's Someday by Rob Thomas. Here we go. I, you know, I was going to ask when we were talking about... Pause it for one second. I was going to ask when uh, when we were talking about Bob Dylan and, who, and, and Darius... Um, who else in pop music? Rock music has a lot of instantly recognizable oh, voices, yeah. right? Who in pop music has one? And that's really Rob Thomas is pretty close. It's the way he pronounces certain words. Even if you don't necessarily recognize the tone of his voice, you recognize it by the way he the Rob way Thomas, he phonates. John Lithgow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go back and you, listen to uh, Singing yeah. in the Bathtub. Yes, uh, and from you, which episode? From our Poco, Poco episode. episode. Yeah, right, you John gotta Lithgow. have skin gotta have by skin. John Lithgow. Uh, <laughs> some of the most recognizable voices ever. <laughs> you know what? Let's take a break and play uh, singing in the bathroom. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is the next one. I about said this is the next one by so and so. Here's our next uh, South Carolinian. I don't know how long the intro oh, is here. It's good night, Saigon. <laughs> we met as soulmates. Do I know the song? I like it. Oh, okay. Josh Turner. Josh Turner. Okay. Long back train. Rob, four for four. Forgot about the bell. Do I have that note? No, not really. So deep. I can almost finish. All right, number five. This would be amazing if you could pull this one off and run the gamut. I knew you were going to do this to me. I almost said when Rob Thomas first started and I didn't know who it was, I almost said, is this that idiot Edwin McCain? (laughs) Edwin McCain! (laughs) Love you, Edwin McCain. Hate your signature song. Uh, Sorry. Love this guy. Solitude, Edwin McCain. Good job, Rob. Five for five. Stuff the genius. That was a fun round. Hope you all enjoyed playing along. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure everybody out there did pretty well, too. You know, Stuff the Genius is one of those things that has evolved into a regular part of the show that I'm so glad. I really love it, and I love – it's always uh, – well, I, sometimes I feel like it's easier when I'm just guessing songs, but I love that you've gotten inventive with it. Yeah, I can't and just it's like, do everything the same. So right. We couldn't do – you know, uh, there's only so many years that you can pick songs from. and that, so, so this is JP's creativity is that you give JP – an idea, a concept, and then he'll run with it and make it something really unique and very, very, very JP. And that's one of the things I love about Stump the Genius. I hope you guys enjoy playing along at home. Um, I have friends that text me how well they do, and yeah. they love it when they get five for five. My dad's pretty good. My wife, actually, when we were recording one the other day, was upstairs listening on the Cats one, uh, on the cartoon Cats. Oh, okay. She was upstairs oh, yeah. and was like, I did four out of five. Okay. I was like, all right, babe, thanks for listening. Good job on the cartoon Cats. <laughs> nice. Um, so not always the case where she's in the building, but was for that one. Um, yeah, what else you got? I got to meet the band. and um, uh, a, little on, a little more on Cracked Review. Just it won two Grammys um, for Best New Artist and Best Pop Performance by a Duo or a Group with Vocal for Let Her Cry. Um, it also, this album taught me the add nine chord, okay, uh, for yeah. my, my very first non-open chord on acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually bought the songbook for Cracked Review oh, wow. when I was very first learning. My dad had taught me, um, you know, a few like open chords, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He taught me G, C, D, E, A. Um, and, um, and so 
Hold My Hand starts with a B add nine chord, which is a, a B with a C sharp mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Um, and it's like a bar chord shape, you know, with a root on the fifth string if you're a guitar player. And uh, and it changed my guitar playing life, you know? That's awesome. I add nine chords everywhere from then on. So you play like, it open in B. That's yeah, the way to do it. Oh, because see, I'll play it capo two in A. No. Is that cheating? No, that's cheating. And let me play it for you and I'll tell, tell you me why. Because of the note, yeah. Yeah, you need the uh, the open E chord because okay, yeah, that makes you need that open E on on the bottom, yeah, or top, so, depending on how you're thinking. Yeah, let me let me play it for you. Okay, and you'll hear it. Right, that big low E, but that's that B add nine chord. It doesn't really sound. It sounds major, but also in the right context, it can sound minor. It just depends on what's surrounding it. So it's kind of a neither nor because it doesn't have a major third in it or a minor third in it. So it's spelled like if you were spelling it, it's low B, then F sharp, which is the fifth, then another B, then a C sharp, and then another F sharp on top. So it's just root, fifth, and ninth. Or second, if you want to. Okay. Some people would call it a B2, yeah, right? Okay. Or that technically it would be called a B add nine. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Hootie. Yay, uh, songbook. Yeah, yay, songbook, right? I mean, when was the last time you thought, I'm going to go to the piano store and, <laughs> and buy myself a songbook? I know, right. For not, these- not Mel Bay. Not no. not Mel Bay, but like I'm gonna buy the Cracker Review album yeah, yeah, yeah. and play along. Did you with. ever do that? Yeah. I mean, okay. Not at the, I mean, I bought them used. I uh-huh. didn't pay full price. Yeah, not from the Three Musketeers guy. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, so like I had. I, I'm just trying to think of a few of these. I had. I had that one. I had. Of course, I had some Van Halen mm-hmm. songbooks. Uh, I had River of Dreams by Billy Joel. Okay. Um, that album taught me how to play bass guitar. That's a great album for learning to play bass. Um, what else, you know? And then I used to like I took piano lessons for uh, for a long time. They didn't do me much good because I was cheated and played with my ears <laughs> instead. Um, but uh, but like I, as a matter of fact, I remember the the thing that made me decide. All right, I'm done with this piano lesson nonsense. Is uh, I got the sheet music to "Amazing" by uh, Aerosmith. One star. No, no, no. By <laughs> by Aerosmith. Okay. Now let the right ones out. Right. And let and, the wrong ones in. And because it's got this great piano yeah. part, I was like, okay, I want to learn to play this. Uh, and I was probably 15, okay. maybe 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd taken lessons for like 10 years at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I get the sheet music and. And it starts out right, okay? It's got the little opening chords, and then it gets to the verse, mm-hmm. um, and the sheet music then has me playing the melody. So uh, I'm going, bum, bum, bum. yes, uh, dun, 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 dun. and I was like, this is not what I want for my life, uh-huh. you know? I don't want to play this at a recital uh-huh. as a solo piece. Right. I want to freaking play piano for it. Aerosmith. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so <laughs> at that point, I realized, okay, classical music education is not the path. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm trying to be in a band, and <laughs> I need to know what the right hand on this recording is playing, uh-huh. not what the melody is. Uh-huh. I can figure that out on my own. I can sing the melody. I yeah. can hear and sing the melody. Yeah. I want to know how to play it That's right. underneath. That's I want good. I want to impress a girl uh-huh. by being able to sit at a piano and play Amazing by Aerosmith and mm-hmm. sing it. You don't you want know? to Schroeder it one note. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to Schroeder bing, it. Bing, 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 bing. That's a great way to put that. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 
That's fantastic. Yes. I didn't want to Schroeder it. So anyway, thanks to Hootie and the Blowfish for being part of my musical uh, uh, journey in that way. Uh, let's see. A little more on Hootie and the Blowfish. Actually, why don't we meet the band? Okay, and I'll just, I'll just chime in oh, where I can. Oh, and we got a new Meet the Band jingle coming Oh, that's you right. Guys. You guys are in for the world premiere that's right. of this our brand a, this new- This is a specialized just for this one uh, Meet the Band jingle. We had to do it. Oh, we're going to use this a lot going we might forward. Use it in the I can see this. It's going to be- least not, At least it was for this time. This is, you guys, this is, I don't want to oversell it. This is literally one of my favorite ideas JP's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> His entire life. And we're going to throw it at you. Here we go. Here we go. With a little drum and some mandolin, we'll start a group together. The guitars will join in with a little bass and some harmony. We'll make some tunes together. We'll form the perfect band called. I got a band for you. I got a band for you. I got a jam for you. Well, they're gonna jam for you, yeah. Best that we can. Best that we can. All right, guys, we're going to introduce you yeah. the best that we can to this <laughs> band uh, of Hootie. Um, so much fun. Uh, Mark Bryan on electric guitar, acoustic guitar, vocal, percussion, mandolin on Only Want to Be With You, piano, not even the trees, founded College of Charleston's radio station. Really? Uh, yeah, he founded the College of Charleston's radio station. He's got a few solo projects, my favorite of which is his album called 30 on the Rail, maybe because of the superb photography which was taken by our good friend Jim. Jim really? props on great photography wow. on this. There you go, Sonny. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go, Sonny. Uh, my favorite song, though, uh, by Mark Bryan is a little more rock and roll. It's not on this album, but great uh, slide guitar work. I mean, it's a country song. Has the line in it, electric guitars make everything better. Mm. I mean, that's all you need. It's the right? truth. It does make it really everything better. So, truth. Mark Bryan, uh, keep doing what you're doing, Mark. Good stuff. On bass guitar, Dean Felber, also on clavinet, vocals and piano on Only Want to Be With You, wrote the lyrics on one of my favorite songs that you've probably never heard by Hootie. Maybe uh, he, true Hootie fans have. It's called Michelle Post. It's on Musical Chairs album, which I'm holding up right now. Um, take an underrated album, underrated Hootie Project, and Michelle Post is just a good campfire song. Mm. So just put it on, listen to it. Um, that's my suggestion. Dean, we haven't met Dean, we don't know, but I've always, I've always thought that Dean seems like just the most normal person. Okay. Like, you, just the the that's, his. He means that complimentarily. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just the his look. The way he plays, the way he holds the bass, mm-hmm. uh, just everything about him screams to me that guy is one hundred percent the most normal dude. That's awesome. Like he'll get, he'll be fine anywhere. Uh-huh. You know what he I mean? Can, he can make it work no matter where you put him. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's good. Uh, on vocal, I mean Darius Rucker. We could do a whole episode on Darius Rucker, Absolutely. and we might in the future. But vocals, acoustic guitar, percussion. His first album back to then, pretty good. Second album, Learn to Live, blew up. Kaboom! It had. Don't think I don't think about it. I about saying it like, don't think I don't think about it. <laughs> it won't be like this for long. Um, all right. Fun little tune went platinum. Um, I mean, we could talk about Darius for hours. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll save it for yeah. another day unless you have something you want to add. And then 
Drums, percussion, vocals, piano, and look away and goodbye. Glasses on not even the trees. Jim, Sony, Sonafield. Man. Man, so fun. You yeah. guys are going to love him. I can't wait for you guys to get to know him a little bit. Um, and we'll, we'll let him sort of speak for himself. Um, uh, just a few more things. As we said, Darius Rucker is not Hootie, and the other band guys are not the Blowfish. Hootie and the Blowfish are actually a couple of Darius's college friends. They were in a choir together, and their names are Irvin Harris and Donald Feaster. They are Hootie and the Blowfish. And if I recall correctly, uh, they, those were nicknames given to them because I think Irvin Harris wore glasses, and okay. they said it made him look like, like a wise owl that kind of thing. And so okay. they called him Hootie. Okay. Um, and I believe the story goes that Donald Feaster had kind of puffy cheeks. Okay. And he, he came to be known as the Blowfish. Oh, that's good. It's a thing in college where like you give everybody a, a nickname. nickname. If, if right. Fraternity, a choir, everybody ends up with some kind of nickname. So they were Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, that's and good. the way I heard it, now I don't know if this is true and I didn't see this in any research, is that they basically walked into a, a room together, you know what I mean? And got, and somebody said, oh, there's Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, I don't you. know if that's really, you know, if it's really true or not. Uh, a couple of great quotes actually from uh, from Jim Sonnefeld in an old Rolling Stone article um, that I liked. Um, he said, Darius and the rest of us, and the, here we go, going back to Dean Felber for a second. D- Darius and the rest of us are breaking ground by being normal. There you said go. Sonnefeld. In rock and roll, you've got to do something whack to be different, and now being ultra normal is the whack, most that's whack good. thing of all. That's good. So that's great. Um, another reason other than his voice um, that Darius Rucker is is bound to be set off from the band. This is from the from the article uh, directly. Um, is his color that uh, he's a black singer in an other, otherwise white group? Hootie are actually a flip image of some mid century combos in which a white singer stood before black players. A negative photo of Frank Sinatra performing with Count Basie. Um, and so uh, Darius said, quote, in those bands, the black guys played bass and drums and the white guys stood up front singing. We've just swapped that formula. And then Jim said, I never did understand this discussion. Everyone says we're one black guy in an all white band, but that's not true. We're actually three white guys in an all black band. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Love oh, that. that's the light of the day. That's good. Yeah, I love that. I, I like that. It's uh, like my dad always said, <laughs> give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to Blowfish, feed him for life. I don't know what I don't, you know the phrase, right? Give a man a fish. I know that. Feed him for. I don't know. Where teach I was going a man to blowfish. <laughs> really threw me for a loop. Yeah, teach a man to fish. Teach a yes. I don't know. All right, All right. Uh, that's that didn't go. Going. That didn't go poorly. <laughs> I mean, that did that go did very go poorly. poorly. Yes, we can edit that out. Another cool thing that I super love about Hootie and the Blowfish is they do an event called Monday After the Masters. Oh yeah, um, and uh, it's an annual charity event with like pro golfers and celebrities the day after the Masters tournament in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, that's not where they host but the, the Masters Tournament is always in Augusta, Georgia, and it's like the biggest golf event, you know, in, in um, at least in the United States. Absolutely. Uh, if, if not the world. And uh, so, um, and it's it's full of, it's really a weekend long. They set it up with like concerts and VIP events and, you know, and then golf and, uh, you know, a charity uh, tournament. Obviously, we'll be there this year. That's right. Um, Look for us uh, at the Great Song Podcast booth. That's come right. Come find us. Come pick up your sticker. That's right, yeah. Stickers. Shake a hand if you're able to shake hands that's by right. that time, depending on, uh, or give a, a true, elbow bump. Give an elbow. Yeah. Do the uh, virtual high five, whatever you got to do. Just come by and see us. Yeah, and we talk. We talk with uh, we talk with Sony about the the, the video for "Only Want to Be with oh, You" man. with so just uh, this murderer's row it's of sports center sports center anchors oh, and wonderful. athletes of the day who are just it. You go back and watch it. It is so 1994. It's wonderful. It's just ugh, it's Dan Patrick and Olbermann, Charlie Steiner, Charlie Steiner, Mike Tarico. Oh, so good. It's fantastic. And then the, the you know the playing basketball with all these guys and just getting stomped. That's right. 
And uh, they are the the guys in the band at this point are still sort of uh, wonderfully awkward. Uh-huh. Uh, like you know, Darius, I can't really explain, but he does this like head motion. The uh-huh. the like where oh, you sort yeah. of cock your head to the side and move it around and then back. The the like awkward thing you do when you're like dancing with somebody and you've got their ha- your hand on their shoulders and you just you don't uh-huh. want to move your whole body. You just yeah. sort of move your head. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's it's fantastic. How about some covers? There's uh, yeah. literally, as we record today, uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. Post Malone dropped a cover of this song um, for the, of course, for the, the Pokemon 25th anniversary, <laughs> which was yesterday. Um, but uh, so I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I texted uh, Jim, Sony, yesterday to see if he had heard it. And he added his praise to it. He said he loved it, um, thought thought it was a really nice, uh, you know, sort of an update. And there's a little... Um, there's a couple of like minor passing notes right before uh, the verse in the in a little synth melody. Let's play a little bit of it, and this is uh, this is Post Malone's version of "Only Want to Be with You" from the Pokemon 25 uh, <laughs> album. I love the little synth lead. It, that says Pokemon to me. Right here. Oh, yeah? It's nice. From different worlds. You like to laugh at me when I look at It's not so far off base that it doesn't feel right. Sometimes you're crazy. It does honor to the song. I'm such a baby cause the cowboys make me Update, update. Nothing I can do. I miss multiple vocals there. Oh, yeah. And he even does some of those, you know, some of those ruckerisms as far as uh, pronunciation uh-huh. and that kind ruckerisms. of Ruckerisms. You like can't that. help it. You That's know, good. you can't help it. You can't say, I only want to be with you. Right. You can't say you. It's got to be yo. Yeah. You know, the yeah. big wide open vowels. Um, that's about all I got. Do you have anything else? No, on I'm this? good, man. We- I'm good. This is fun. You guys are going to, this is one of our favorite guests. Yeah. And interview wise, Friendship wise, yeah. support wise, great guy. Yeah, so, he's he's gone out of his way to support the show and to get it in front of you know an audience in in a way that we. I mean, before we've even put the episode out, he's been promoting our communicating show, with put us put, put a picture on social media of him wearing uh, a great song podcast shirt, you know, and talking about how much he loved the show. And so that that means more to us. So than, you guys pick up anything you can of his, support him. Yeah, to, he's great. Yeah, he's absolutely. Great. So uh, that's going to do it. We'll be at the very uh, at the very back end of the episode to just tie a bow on it and say goodnight and tuck you in, keep you nice and warm. <laughs> um, say a little, now I lay me down to sleep, you know? But uh, other than that, I think that's all for our for our actual research. But we want to hear about the song itself, the album itself, the band itself, the experience of being part of the 10th greatest selling album of all time in the United States. From the smiliest view. drummer of all time. Yeah. From the happiest absolutely. drummer. Yes. And uh, yeah. So if you want to connect with us and go a little further, you can hit us up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash great song pod. Really all social media accounts, just anything at great song pod. Uh, we're there. You can join our Facebook group, great songs and the great people who love them greatly. And if you want to go the extra mile and be a Patreon uh, supporter, we're getting the name thrown around the great pates uh, as, as maybe, a name for that i don't know we'll see we'll see if it sticks uh but if you want to be a patreon supporter and actually help out the show uh we can say thank you by giving us by giving you uh early access and bonus episodes and behind the scenes stuff and some goodies like that so uh if you want to do that you can go to patreon.com slash great song pod and as always you can get 
everything you need at greatsongpodcast.com. Just make it easy on yourself and you can go there first. Uh, that's all we got for this section of the show. We're going to kick it now over to Jim Sony Sonnefeld. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Jim Sony Sonnefeld. Uh, we'll discuss the difference in that uh, difference in that nickname at some point, I'm sure. Um, th- Jim, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it, man. So pleased to be on the show. I'm a big fan, and uh, you know, thank you guys for honoring music and the depth of it and the weirdness of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We do what we can. Uh, I, I think the first thing we got to ask is, um, as of as of September 2020, Cracked Rear View is the 10th highest selling album of all time in the United States. Um, I guess, wh- first of all, when I say that out loud, what does that make you think? How does that make you feel? Like, it's uh, insane. What, <laughs> what universe are we living on that that album has the endurance that it does? Because I, I'm glad I don't think about it that often. I'm glad I don't hear it often because if my head would get big and I would walk around with some attitude like I'm all that. And in reality, I just want to be a normal guy. And uh, But hearing it makes me just wonder what was so special about that record. I still ask myself. I believe in it. I love it. I, I wrote uh, the songs with my bandmates for it, but I, I don't know what makes it endure. Wow. That, that was going to be my follow-up is... What was it? You know, what like not to sound disrespectful, but why? You know what I mean? Like, why is it? Why is it that way? I because it's like I mean, I, I sat down and thought about some of the numbers, and I was looking at like the U.S. population at the time, um, and based on the numbers, one in every ten people in the United States, man, woman, or child, bought a copy of that album. That's now, insane. Thank you, David Letterman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were going to go yeah. there too. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about. So you guys are one of those ten year overnight success stories as far as as far as Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, where you guys had been gigging and clubbing and 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 grinding it out, and your album comes out, cracked reviews coming out, and it's doing okay. But then there's this appearance on Letterman. Uh, tell us tell us about that night, and then and then what happens after that. Well, we. By signing to Atlantic Records, you know, after a lot of years toiling in the clubs, like you said, uh, it puts us in a position to where there's a big label that has influence. And, you know, if you're on a small label, you, it's it's tougher to get on a TV show. It's tougher to make a big splash. And while we didn't need the biggest splash in the world because we had worked hard slowly and grown slowly, uh, it sure was the impact that changed everything by going in front of his millions of fans. And not just playing hold my hand, but having him rev us up for weeks after that. He, mm. you could tell he loved the band. He goofed on the the, the, the uh, band name. He goofed on saying it, and and that continuation of that just continued to put our our uh, sort of name into the mindsets of uh, people out there. And that's a you know, that, that's hard to put a number on that uh, value. Yeah, no kidding. So. So, um, so after this, a- after that, you know, happens, uh, and this, the, we'll call it the Letterman effect. Um, and he, he, you know, he said, like, I think he even said that first night, if you don't have this album, something's wrong with you, uh, something to that effect. And so really after that point, things start to rise quickly. What's the, what's the memory of, of that moment in time for you when you guys realize, you know, oh crap, this is really happening. 
Well, sitting on stage there was, of course, the the thing that is so uh, <laughs> visual in my mind. I'm sitting there going, I'm on this stage, like, and thinking of the bands that had played and thinking, you know, putting things in perspective as that red camera light flashes on and suddenly my, you know, blood stops flowing to all the parts it's supposed to because I'm so nervous. Uh, that moment will always be with me, but the impact is it's the beginning of the, the big tornado, the tidal wave, whatever you want to call it, that starts to happen as a result of, you know, not just having your song on radio stations, but having someone be your your speaker, your voice in front of millions of his fans. So that begins the period of our lives where we're glad people took pictures because it got very blurry and fast. Wow, I bet. And it it really does speak to the power of... If you love something, tell somebody else about it. You never know how your influence might help propel, you know, something that you love into another stratosphere. Um, you know, just like even you saying something as, as uh, you know, um, as simple as, hey, I like the show, doing a great job. It means so much to us. And uh, and you better believe we're going to cut that up into a snippet. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to advertise the <laughs> heck out of it, you know. We're going to. Congratulations. Yeah. You just got used in an advertisement. Can't wait to hear the mashup. That, right, that's great. exactly. That's awesome. I got to say also, and I think this is just an effect of having seen the hold by hand video <laughs> 50 million times over the course of my, uh, uh, you know, over the course of like middle school and high school. I always picture you shirtless. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's just, I, I just for, as an effect of the video. So I got an, are you shirtless right now? <laughs> In the parking lot. I am. I mean, I, I let's just I say am, that's, but. that's awkward. Let's just state that. <laughs> that is awkward to say out loud. Yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, I, but, I, I picture you different. So I picture you <laughs> holding your hat and Charlie Steiner saying yeah, yeah. makes you want to hold your hat. So there you go. <laughs> I, I, picture, I picture you different. So you're good there. Um, Thank you. I do. I am wearing a sh- uh, shirt. I felt it would be a little awkward uh, sitting in a parking lot shirtless in front of the Nordstrom Rack. Uh, <laughs> you're like, there's be. a solution right in front of you. Just go buy one. That's awesome. That's Although I'm sure a month ago when it was warm, I could have pulled up in front of Cabela's. And seeing some shirtless guys in the front of their pickup trucks, because that's the kind of people that go to Cabela's, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So there's just something about you and Mark Farner that I just always picture both of you shirtless. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, well, since we hinted on videos, I feel like we got to touch there. You guys, uh, your guys' video, the uh, we're talking about only want to be with you. One of the greatest videos of all time. I mean, that's prime Sports Center in its prime. I mean, you got Olbermann, Dan Patrick, Charlie Steiner, not to mention all of the athletes that you got to interact with tell us a little bit about being with alonzo morning bugsy bogues that crew how did that all come come to pass oh man you know we decided after a couple videos what we did a rather serious one with let her cry and hold my hand was uh sort of uh uh you know planned out and scripted and we got to the third video and we were already kind of sick of music videos so we just sort of i think darius just mentioned let's do like a sportsy thing we'll you know tie in some stuff which we were already big sports fans, but uh, so we decided to get a director uh, who was willing to roll with that unscripted script. And so we had a couple ideas. Hey, we're, we're near a golf course. Let's try and find somebody who we uh, know from golf who's willing. Uh, and uh, Darius had the idea, of course, of trying to get to we, we use our music to try and meet our heroes so yeah that's yeah. awesome that's same awesome. here that's brilliant. we use our podcast that's meet exact Dan same yeah, that's, yeah that's what we're doing right now we're meeting exactly. one of our heroes right now so <laughs> we're picking up what you're putting down that's good yeah so we we go and we just we have very little script but we know we want to interact in a sports way with these 
a couple scenarios. So we do, and I can't remember where the tie-in for ESPN happened, who uh, originated that idea, but that was brilliant because, you know, that was when ESPN and SportsCenter was really uh, being an impact in our uh, TV screens. And, you know, gosh, who was cooler at that time than Dan Patrick and exactly and, uh, and Keith, Olber- so, Keith Olbermann. Even well, Mike Tirico was cool then. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes. So there it is. Uh, if anybody didn't know we were goofy sports fans, they, they did after that. You need to work on your defense. Uh, Zoe kind of, he, he kind of <laughs> took it to you. You got it, you got it. Well, yeah, the basketball part was its own funny story because the way we had the talls and the smalls out there with the, yeah. <laughs> Uh, was it Charles Smith, I think? Charles Smith, uh, yeah. Alex English, Muggsy Bogues. So uh, we had guys, and it didn't matter how big or small they were, they were running circles around us, obviously, <laughs> as professionals. And we just had a great time goofing on that. And I think they captured, and what was most important was capturing that these guys are fun. They like to have a good time. They're a little self-deprecating. Yeah. And yeah. I think that made us more accessible, as if our music wasn't already. Right, it definitely did. I can't tell you how many people, after seeing Fred Couples putt a pool ball, you know, decided they probably went and did that and tried, <laughs> tried that game. I know me and my buddies have tried that a time or two, just uh, inspired by your video. So thanks for that. One more thing on the video. I was watching, and I was like, oh, does he always play open-handed? And then Rob noticed something. Yeah, uh, I was – because I was like, oh, Rob, is he an open-handed drummer? Does he play? And Rob's and so like, no. So I'll start watching some live clips, and I notice you're switching back and forth from open-handed to closed-handed. Uh, and for our listeners, that means um, you're, you're, sometimes your right hand is playing the hi-hat, left hand's playing the snare, and sometimes you're playing the hi-hat with your left hand, right hand on the snare, or you know, doing different things with the cymbals. Uh, um, is, it, it, sometimes you're switching mid-song, I, I saw, uh, you know, from some live performances. Tell me about that technique and how you kind of landed there. And, and are you ambidextrous to begin with, or did you just teach yourself that? Uh, pretty ambidextrous from playing tennis and soccer mm. and basketball. Uh, but though they say necessity is the mother of invention, I would also claim that boredom is the mother of invention. Oh, okay, and that's cool. After some years playing on the road and playing you know, a lot of the same material over and over, I got interested in, uh, you know, trying to get out of the, the same thing over the repetitive uh, nature of it. And so I started teaching myself to play open-handed. I'd seen a few drummers playing that way and thought, well, that I could try that. So mostly what you saw me live in front of thousands of people doing was practicing the maneuver. <laughs> and uh, God bless those people who had to, you know, watch me practicing in the early days. I wasn't great, but uh, I've, I've, I've come to be a, fully sort of uh, open drummer when I want it or need it, and I can cross back over. Sometimes I just avoid some of the knick-knack injuries that you get in old age, and it allows me to, you know, solve my sore wrist by playing open hand with my left hand, yeah. which gives my right hand a little break. So there's different functions to it. But uh, thanks for noticing. I've been waiting, you know, 25 years for somebody to mention the thing. <laughs> hey, all right. Well, I, I, literally nobody's ever asked Nobody's you brought that up? Not a person. I even did it. Oh my god! (laughs) I did it. I first attempted it in the "Old Man and Me" video, which was our first single off our second record, "Fairweather Johnson." And we were bored at this point. We were burnt out and bored, and we had to go do another video shoot. I said, "I'm going to set up my drums not just to play open-handed, but left-handed." And it was so annoying. I make a formal apology to the director and my (laughs) bandmates because I I was never on beat the entire time, and we're already 
mad that we had to be there. So I, I always this since you mentioned this, the old man and me. I really thought you would have parenthesis that with when I get to heaven. Um, and Rob is a big fan of parenthesis in song titles. Oh, yeah. That's fan. like his thing. But uh, <laughs> on the back of the album cover, I'm looking at Fairweather Johnson right now. It doesn't have that in parenthesis. That's a just a, a note place you you could you missed it there for you the could, re-release. For, for yeah, the when you when you bring it. <laughs> that's our note for the re-release. When you bring it back out. Um, <laughs> In terms of on the first album, we, since we are talking about Only Want to Be With You and from Cracked Review, you guys uh, selected – you had Don Gemmon help with the, the production of that, that or working with him. He was yep. – how did y'all land on him? I mean that's huge. He's just coming off of doing stuff with Mellencamp. I mean he did American Fool. With me and Rob just – we were talking about that album like five minutes before, and I was like, that's so cool that, that Don Gemmon did this too. Um, how did y'all land on him? He was suggested. We were you know, sat down to have the conversation with Atlantic Records about who was going to produce this. We were just a baby band. We didn't uh, have any big impact or influence there. So we needed help getting connected to producers. And we had thrown out a couple, but someone suggested him. And he had, Gaiman's got a uh, production credit, I think, on an early R.E.M. album. Okay. Yeah. I believe. He He also, you know, the back-to-back-to-back-to-back Mellencamp smashes, you know, he was it was a great mix a great suggestion yeah, we were perfect fit you know, yeah yeah we thought to, and, and, and not just for his credits but getting in the studio and learning his gentle uh and cognizant personality where you know he took we were kind of rookies even though we've been touring and playing we'd never been in a big studio we needed someone to not manhandle us and you know point his finger at us but someone to sort of nurture us and that's what don and his great uh uh, gentle personality we're able to do yeah the uh the rem album you mentioned is life rich uh, life's rich pageant i think that was recorded at john mellencamp's studio there um but i think one thing that he did is help sculpt your sound and that's something that a lot of times we talk with different artists on here and we're like you guys have i can tell a difference from your first album to your second album to your third album something i'll say about you guys and hootie is your sound has stayed pretty consistent all the way through, and that's the sound of Hootie and the Blowfish. Like you put that on, and it sounds like a Hootie track or a Hootie album. Y'all have your own sound, and not just you know. Obviously, Darius's voice is very recognizable, but even musically, sonically you guys from have, a backing band, yeah. yeah, you guys have your own your own thing that it's just. You know, this is Hootie, yeah. and this is what Hootie has been for 25 years. Guitar tones, drum sounds, right? That's, that's yeah. Good. Is that is that something you guys have been purposeful about, or it's just like you guys have just sort of naturally kind of stayed in that vein? Uh, we have. I don't know if it was uh, contrived or not. I'm pretty sure Don took a band that he saw as a great live band, a, a simple band, uh, and he added a few uh, things that to spruce it up, some Hammond, some piano, some tambourines, a little percussion, you know, some nice layered vocals. I think he just wanted to capture what he felt like we, the essence of our live show was. And so adding a lot of too many frills would have been uh, not accurate. And I think he just wanted to beef things up and we, we supported that. A big studio, big kick drum sounds, big thumping bass. You know, layered upon layered electric guitars. That's what a musician's dreams of to get a budget like that to go in and and make yourself sound bigger than maybe you you really are, if, <laughs> if at all possible. So we he did that for us. I think one of the one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten from a producer was 
it's best to like if you know who you are as a band, the best thing that you can do in the studio is just try and capture that instead of you know sort of recreate some other thing. If you know you've got something that's working, then just find the best way to capture. You know, it's the same thing that like Metallica did with the Black Album. You know what I mean? They had this. They were trying other things, but then they got to they got with Bob Rock for the Black Album, and he said, "What do you guys want to sound like?" And they said, "We want to sound like we sound when we play live." And so he goes, "Okay, let's capture that," and it becomes their iconic thing. And I think that's kind of the same thing with with Cracked Review and your sound. You know, sort of throughout is it's not so much that you like you said it wasn't contrived. Uh, it was just who you were, and now it's going down on wax. You know what I mean for 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 people to listen to, and I think this yeah. works really well in your favor. Well, and it's also you got to think about the time. This is 1994. There's not a lot of ways to uh, uh, pull sounds and and uh, in to make you sound any different than you are. Technology right. was not on our side. We recorded the two inch tape. You did live track. You overdubbed some uh, background vocals and let Darius try and uh, best his live vocals. But for the most part. You're listening to the live stuff. We didn't. We weren't. Didn't even record that album on a click track. So we. Wow. We were. What's as live as you're as the you human get. metronome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> That's because I was only playing with my right hand on the hi hat. <laughs> That's great. That's Man. awesome. So when you guys go in to record BGVs, uh, where are you? Are you high harmony, low harmony? Where do you sit? I'm high, and we used to just Don Gaiman, without any other precedent, said. All right, you three white guys go out there uh, and you get around that one big mic and do what you do live and we'll see if that's going to work. And and mostly it did. He started separating us a little more, but he tried to get a group vocal out of me, Dean and Mark. Uh, Mark was sort of in the middle and and uh, Dean could go. We just made stuff up. Honestly, right. we were not taught anything about harmonizing. We did it naturally out of listening to you know classic rock and r&b together so he don sort of got us out there and it became this hootie background sound i used to call it the green bay uh green bay packers front line we sounded like ooh, like three, <laughs> like three guys yelling or three guys that don't have sweetness or melodic uh in, intuity but That's anyway we it worked for us and, and credit don again we, we use that for the first three records as our sort of palette and then he would eventually start layering Darius into that uh harmony mix too as a uh, he's got such a texture uh, in his voice that it's a nice thick foundation so he would add some uh melody straight into our uh harmonizing and that was also a big full big full sound you mentioned that, that you got that there's multiple instrumentation on this i know dean actually played piano on this track right and mark played some mandolin but you play multiple instruments as well too um i know you played some piano on the project as well you play guitar now um what's if you're gonna like speak a little bit about the musical versatility of the other band members uh, in the well yeah we all you know at the beginning it was probably acoustic guitars uh, every, everybody knew how to play some acoustic guitar. Um, and so we, we all, that's how we wrote the early songs. And, but when we, we never really got to a place where we could, uh, sort of start overdubbing or using our different skills until we were in a big studio and we had multi-tracks. Um, it just was not an opportunity to do that before then. So yeah, Mark had picked up mandolin. He was goof. Dean and Mark were both goofing off with, uh, banjos. Uh, we all were uh, 
playing a little bit of keyboard. Darius, because he was very prejudiced, only would play the black notes, he said. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We don't understand that today, but it makes more sense. Uh, And so we, when we got to the Cracked Review sessions, I was thrilled. I got to play, you know, piano on Goodbye, the last track on the album. And uh, Dean was overdubbing, as you said, some piano and Mark was doing mandolin. And that was just, again, the joys of having a budget and a big studio and a a real producer. That's awesome. Yeah. And even to this day, you still play multiple instruments like um, for it's a good chance to talk about your solo projects, which me and Rob both listen to and we're a fan of not waiting on Sunday is probably the newest song that I've seen by you where you're playing a, looks like you're playing a flying V Gibson when you play it live. Cause I saw a live video, but on the music video you're playing, looks like a strat, um, but you're also playing piano and acoustic guitar through, through different parts of the video. What when you are going to do a show, do you prefer we've asked a couple of artists this, do you like to lead from guitar or do you like to lead from piano when you're doing your solo work? No, I'm mostly standing up playing either uh, mostly an acoustic. I've got a uh, a rig that I will uh, play. Sometimes I've got a backing band, which is always nice, but when I'm going out doing speaking engagements and singing for either a Christian audience or a recovery audience, it's easiest just for me to go out and fly sing and lead and play an acoustic and uh it's comfortable for me mainly it's making sure you put yourself as a singer into a comfortable setting and that's so that's brilliant yeah that's that's well played yeah the, the video yeah, was, so. the one i saw of you playing live with the with the gibson i think drew copeland actually plays guitar with you the guy from sister hazel who we were yes. fortunate, we were fortunate to talk to ken block a, a couple of weeks ago we're we're big sister hazel guys so that's yeah pretty cool, pretty cool that you get to hang out with with him as part of your group. Um, tell us a little bit, you mentioned Celebrate Recovery. Let's uh, t- Tell us a little bit about Celebrate Recovery and what it means to you and sort of your involvement with it now. Well, um, somebody in the recovery community, you know, 15, 16 years uh, clean of drugs and alcohol. So I've, I've got to be vigilant for staying that way. And yeah. so that means uh, 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 certain thoughts, certain actions, certain community around me. And the great thing with Celebrate Recovery is they also will include the music aspect. It's uh, it was a uh, like a light going off in my head when I I had already made my first CD in 2010 with uh, Stan Lynch, uh, my first uh, Christian CD, and, and I wasn't sure where I could bring the music. Really, I didn't want to just go into churches because I wanted to keep the recovery aspect in the front. And so Celebrate Recovery opened up its doors and said you know, come talk about your journey and Christ and you can bring your guitar. And I was like, yeah, you trust me with all that? <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, that is fantastic. Well, we know your time's important, so we just got a couple quick ones that we'll run past you. We got the one that we ask everybody. We'll save for the end. But uh, have you ever been compared to Jason Muse, the guy from Jay and Silent Bob, when you were that age? <laughs> uh, there was numerous people that uh, I was compared to. Uh, <laughs> one of them was... Uh, Gunner Nelson, one of the Nelson brothers. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah that's awesome. Uh, there was uh, an occasional athlete, usually soccer player, that I would be compared to. There weren't really uh, – when I had a good mullet, it was always you know being compared to a good hockey player with a good uh, <laughs> you know, rock and mullet going on. But uh, <laughs> I uh, later – well, my most recently, my look, though it's uh, – my hair is long gone by now. My look was – Stolen by this young quarterback at uh, 
at Clemson. Clemson, yeah, I know, right? That's what I was going to say. That's, that's so funny that you said that. That's hilarious. It's the hair. It really is. Yeah, the, the hair. I thought, man, this. wait, this guy, he's got my hair. Wait, he's young and good looking. He's got many things I don't have. Well, well when we have you on next time, we're going to talk about uh, Can't Live Without Your Love, the Nelson song, if that's okay, if you'll just be <laughs> if you'll just be one of them and talk and talk, talk to us about that. That'll be yeah. great. Um, one question that we ask everybody, you're on tour, you're on tour with Hootie, you're on tour doing your solo project, you go into a gas station, what is your gas station snack food of choice, and while you're thinking of it, I tell everybody what mine is, I get a Three Musketeers bar, because when I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and that's the most ounces for the money, so I get a Three Musketeers bar, what is your gas station snack food of choice? Oh, I'm a peanut butter fiend. Don't take that in a weird way. I'm a peanut butter fiend. It's got to be Reese's Sticks. Oh, okay. Interesting. Not the pieces, not the cups. You're going sticks. I'm going uh, with the new. I can eat. I can eat the big long pack. It's like two feet long, and I still feel you know fresh and light. Because you're a drummer. That's right. That's why you're going sticks. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'll gobble those things down. Got to have peanut butter. That's, That's awesome. outstanding. Outstanding. Well, man, it's been such a pleasure, Sony. We, we really appreciate it. This is a, this is a, a, I mean, this is a big, people don't understand that we, like, we're now talking to, you know, the guy who played drums on, get this, let's see, I think we framed this right, the biggest selling uh, studio album of the last 30 plus years. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that's insane to think about. You played drums that- on what is the biggest selling uh, you know the I think the top the top ten in those albums I think the closest one to crack review came out in early eighties or yeah early eighties it would have been Thriller I think maybe you know so like the 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 biggest selling studio album since Thriller uh you know so it's kind of a big deal for us to be talking to you that's my point <laughs> and just remember you don't need a click track kids Man, that's amazing wow. that is amazing wow did it without a click that's track. amazing i did it that's your autobiography that's it i, I did, did it without, without the click track. i did it without the click the jim yeah. sonnefeld story that's it yeah. that's awesome man outstanding thank you so much uh you know will um is there anything that you've got going on that you want to tell the people about right now uh where they can find what you're doing or or get involved with what you're doing well i love spreading a positive message uh through recovery through christ and just general good vibes through my facebook page of course and i'm Got on Instagram when Hootie went out and toured last year. Uh, and uh, so I'm enjoying posting some stuff there. And I'd go out and play my Celebrate Recovery gigs until uh, the COVID hit. And so I think, uh, you know, finding me on Facebook and sharing my videos, uh, they're all positive uh, videos that are for all ages. And it's, you know, just trying to send a positive message of hope. And that's what I'm all about with my music. And so come on there and share some videos. We're getting ready to make another new one uh, coming up soon to follow up uh, uh, the last one. And and so, yeah, share it around, spread the love. That's what it's all about. Thank you so much, Cheers. So this has been a real, a real treat. Have a great weekend, guys. You too. You Thanks soon. so much. Go Vols. <laughs> yeah, baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is the Great Song Podcast. And there he was, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Sony Sonnefeld, uh, drummer extraordinaire for Hootie and the Blowfish. Goodness gracious. Um, man of formerly long hair, now just clean as a whistle <laughs> up there. Um, 13-year-old JP is still freaking out. Yeah. Like right now. What right. the world just happened? Yeah, this is so weird. We're not professional, uh, but we get to have these now professional experiences, and it's Wonderful. super fun. 
So yeah, uh, really enjoyed that. Hope you guys will be back with us uh, next week. 90s this month. 90s Hope madness. Hope you guys are enjoying this 90s March madness. This is uh, mine and Rob's heyday. We're having yeah, the time of our life. That's right. It. We could honestly probably restrict the whole podcast to the <laughs> 90s and be going for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, but we like to hit the other decades. But right now, we're just indulging in our 90s nostalgia. So I'm I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba. Nope, don't finish nope. that jingle. You got to pay for it. That's right. Uh, anyway. All right, we'll see you guys next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music. Long John Silvers.